There are 17 championship banners in this building. 11 from Russell, three from Bird. I even helped raise one. But we're not here to talk about history. We're here to keep making it. Welcome to the Double Clutch Podcast. Back again to give you another playoff uh, review. I am joined by my usual co-host Frankie Hobbs is here. Let's talk some hoops. Indeed. And we have one of our new uh, blog writers or members, whatever you want to call him. We have Matthew Bates. Hello. Yet another Sixers fan joining the cause. We're growing. I won't be mentioning Andrew Bynum too much. I won't either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So obviously there's quite a few games to cover from the past um, two nights worth of action. So we've got Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights games. Obviously we put out two shows the other day. One one was uh, covering the weekend's games because we we didn't get uh, uh, multiple shows out over the weekend. So we did that. And we did our first State of the Franchise podcast on the uh, Los Angeles Lakers with Tom Reed and Brent Veal, formerly of that basketball show. And obviously Tom does uh, believe the hype. So that was good fun to get that out. I know, Frankie, you had a listen. It was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, enjoyed it. A lot. You got a you got a little shout out. Yeah, the uh, crowning moment of my uh, career. <laughs> crowning moment, but I have a funny feeling we might have garnered a, f- a few new listeners due to uh, having believe the hype's head honcho on, and it was an absolute pleasure to speak to Tom and Brent. But um, moving on quickly, we've we're just going to give you a little little thing we thought would be a good idea because obviously the playoffs are on at the moment, so there's a lot of podcasts around, and we were just going to recommend our personal favourite basketball or you know NBA podcasts. So. Matt, do you want to give us your, your one? Uh, yeah, TBJ, Basketball Jones, uh, the Canadian Canadian podcast. They've done a few things for NBA.com. They're getting known. They they do serious ball talk, but then they also do funny stories and things of note of the week and day through via the blogosphere, I guess. It's, yeah. And it's daily, uh, apart from the weekends, but an hour-long show on Friday. Yeah, they do. They put out an awful lot of shows. I think Frankie, you're a big fan of the Basketball Jones guys as well, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, big, big, big fan. Uh, they kind of set the standard, really. I think well, that's what we. I got were, a tweet. Tweet. I got a tweet of Taz the other day, which was cool. I got all excited <laughs> about that because <laughs> I was watching live and I was like, "Nice use of the word juxtaposition there." And he was like, "Thank you, kind sir." <laughs> <laughs> Frank, have you got any you want to fire off? Because I've got quite a few. Uh, yeah, I listened to quite a few. Um, if Although you're probably going to steal some of mine. Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> over at cbssports.com, there's the Iron Basketball podcast with Zach Harper and Matt Moore. Really good, really like informative. informative. Get a lot of uh, cool stuff on there. Uh, the Grantland Network, brilliant podcast with Bill Simmons, Jaden Rose, Jacoby. Um, and obviously, Believe the Hype, uh, brilliant podcast. <laughs> obviously. Friends of the show. <laughs> And um, yeah, that's about it for me, really. Cool. I don't actually listen to the um, the Grantland ones. I was going to start listening today because the Bill Simmons show has been quite quite a big thing recently because they had Jason Collins on, didn't mm, they? Yeah. And obviously he came out as being gay the other day. So big big interview there. But for me, obviously Tom's show, believe the hype, um, Basketball Jones again. ESPN First Take is quite useful oh, yeah. for basketball mm. stuff. Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless are legends. I think it's safe to say, <laughs> and they they like their ranting quite a bit. And um, ESPN Radio's The Scott Van Pelt Show and Ryan Rossillo, who actually used to do the NBA Today podcast, there's quite a lot of basketball talk 
on there, but you have to flick around the other American sports, obviously. And another one for me, if you if you're like a Knicks fan or something, is probably the Mike and Mike show from ESPN New York. They're very very basketball heavy, quite a lot of the time. And then there's things like the Thunder and Herd, presented by Colin Cowherd. A lot of those are American podcasts, so you find them over on the uh, iTunes store, and they're usually quite highly ranked. So there's there's a bunch. There's safe to say there's quite a few out there, isn't there, guys? Yeah, I'm surprised none of us mentioned uh, Bruce Bowen's podcast, the uh, NBA lockdown. <laughs> the man in the bow tie. Yeah, the man in the bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> That's because it's Bruce Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> I think I think he's uh, got to the point where everyone's a little bit annoyed with him because he took over from Ryan Masillo, didn't he? And everyone absolutely yeah. loved Ryan Masillo. He was a uh, I think it was safe to say a podcasting legend among basketball fans. So it was it was a re- it was a shame when he started um, doing the Scott Van Pelt show. But oh well, we live on. <laughs> They're still the most listened to NBA basketball podcast in the UK according to the iTunes charts. So uh, somebody likes it. <laughs> <laughs> A 92-86 victory for the Celtics as they hang in after losing the first three games of the series. And look out, Nick and Celtic players trying to get at each other. And you can see uh, coaches and other players uh, looking to break it up. Again, words were, were exchanged. Looked like it was Felton and maybe Jordan Crawford. Possibly uh, one of the bench players. All right, it started right here. Yeah, it was Crawford and Felton. You see DJ White trying to separate the players. That's that's not what you need from Crawford either. Another young player. Well, the Knicks now have a three games to two lead. It's back to Boston for game six Friday night. But uh, moving on to last night's action, the Celtics and the Knicks. Game five of the series, obviously the Celtics won on Sunday night. Jason the Jet Terry taking over in uh, in the overtime with those quick threes and basically just sucking the life out of a, a pretty hapless Knicks side. And last night was was again the same. Um, 92-86 victory to the to the Boston Celtics. They obviously. They were three 0 down in the series. It's now three two, and um, Boston are back, guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Doc Rivers short on a rotation. Only plays seven players. He could trust everyone. They, all, they Terrence Williams off the bench. Who knew about this guy? He came on, provided. I did. <laughs> He's beast on NBA Two K. <laughs> he provided solid minutes. Came on, and you had like big play, big plays from big players. I mean, Garnett hitting a lovely turnaround jumper at the end, and they just. I mean, all series we've been saying that they've they take slack quarters off, but this time they pieced together a full game, which was very nice to see. And who knows? I still have to favour the Knicks, but it's it's a good good series. I think you do still have to favour the Knicks, but um, just in terms of the series as a whole, Boston's MLB sibling franchise, the Red Sox, are actually one of the the few teams in the in Major League Baseball to come back from a three nil deficit in the playoffs. Um, and their, I believe their hockey team, the Bruins, have also done it. So there's, there's a good history of comebacks in, in Boston town. But the Knicks arrived dressed in black because they were apparently going to the Celtics' funeral. J.R. Smith actually came out at the end of the game and said that they were the ones who got buried. So at least he admitted that they were they were soundly beaten. But um, Boston actually fell behind early on, didn't they? They went, they went behind 11-0. Doc Rivers called a timeout. But then they just... 
I don't, God knows what he said to him, but they exploded. They outscored the Knicks 45-28 to 28 in the first and second quarter, and they took a four-point lead into half-time. So at half-time, when I actually went to bed, because I was on the tweet, I was tw- tweeting on our account, it looked as if Boston were you know, gaining momentum and were, were going to ride it out. But uh, in the third quarter, they extended it to a 24-21 win in that quarter. So they were, they were actually scoring the ball, which has been difficult for them, hasn't it, guys? Yeah. Well, you say that you went to bed at halftime. I was thinking of going to bed when it was 11-0. <laughs> well, I, I wrote down this, these were Boston's first possessions miss shot miss shot miss shot miss shot turnover miss shot free throw a dunk and then a miss shot so I guess it brought it the free throws and the dunks I guess they they got them back into it a bit more, more momentum but yeah they pulled out in the end yeah they turned it around in the end actually five Celtic scorers ended up with at least 16 points so balanced scoring there from a pretty odd Celtics offense and uh, they actually managed to keep the Knicks shooting percentage below 40% for what was the second straight game obviously that game in the garden on Sunday night was pretty pretty messy to say the least is the uh, the Knicks could have come back and won that game couldn't they so I don't know Boston heading home with all the momentum um, can they can they tie the series or do you guys reckon the Knicks are going to wrap it up because these Knicks have been absolutely bad in the press today I don't know if any of you guys have listened to um, the New York radio stations today, but they have been getting it from everyone, left, right, and centre. Stephen A. Smith, yeah, Mike, and Mike, everyone's going at them, and you know, I wouldn't want to be one of those Knicks players right now. Well, the thing is, if you talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. And <laughs> J.R. Smith, he gave it all. Well, Ken- Kenyon Martin as well. He came yeah. out and did it. I mean, J.R. Smith started over ten from the field, which was just horrific. And Carmelo was not much more efficient I think Raymond Felton was the only real shining light for the uh, Knicks uh. yeah J.R. Smith there was an amusing quote on um, Sports Illustrated that I'm going to just read out well briefly briefly summarise he said J.R. Smith was 3 for 14 from the field and actually led the Brick Brigade so that kind of shows you how bad they were and Mello over the past two games has been 18 for 59 from the field um, in my opinion you can't play like this against the Boston Celtics Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett they deserve more respect. They've they've been champions in this league before, and right now it just looks like the Knicks are, are bottling it like they always do in the playoffs. Well, yeah, they, it, the Boston defense was was good last night, but I just think Milo had a bad game. I'm gonna I don't normally stand up for him, but I'm gonna stand up for Milo. He just couldn't get anything last night, and I don't that- even think the Boston Celtics were playing very good D on him. To be honest, they were one on one coverages all the time. They were switching with him. I, oh, no, sorry. They weren't switching with him. But they were one-on-one coverage all the time. And they were just letting Raymond Felton do his thing and just focusing up on Melo, to be honest. Do you think they were possibly relying on Felton to have a game like he did again Sunday night? Because Melo's been out of the first round eight out of the nine times he's been in the playoffs. He's only ever got through to the Western Conference Finals. I think it was once with Denver. Um, and right now, the Knicks are living and dying by the three. I hate to say it because it's so trivial, but... They couldn't buy a three last night, and Boston, the Boston Celtics hit eleven. <laughs> so they they were always going to struggle. But um, Jeff Green was actually quite big last night. Um, he hit three big shots in the fourth quarter, had eighteen points, two of which were three pointers. So nice to see Jeff Green after all the problems he's had having having a decent game, especially in the Garden, because it's not the uh, nicest place to go, is it? I know Jason the Jet Terry. Whenever the first time he went to the free throw line, they were say they were booing him, weren't they? And 
saying I think the chant was Jet, you suck. Yeah. I'm not too sure because the live the live stream on NBA League Pass isn't great, but we have to put up with it. But it, it was a really interesting game, and um, I'm I'm going with the Boston Celtics. I really think they're going to bring this back. I, I think they'll tie it up, and it'll be an absolute slugfest in the Garden on Saturday and Sunday night. Is it Sunday? Uh, yeah, be Sunday that night. atmosphere in the uh, Madison Square Garden on Sunday would be so tense. You wouldn't want to play in that. And as a New York Knicks fan, <laughs> you think you'd have home court, but you know that's just not going to be easy. When you've surrendered a three 0 lead in front of your home fans, you're going to be tense. Everyone's going to be tense. The pressure's going to be on, and you almost favour the underdog slightly. I don't know. This next game is just so huge. It's going to be crazy in the Boston Garden, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's going to be. That's going to be. I don't know. I think that's going to be better atmosphere than the the Knicks. They'll go straight at Mello. They'll go straight at at Smith. They won't. They won't give him anything easy. They'll be the sixth man on the court. Mm, definitely. Yeah, without a doubt, it's just definitely going to be a one to look forward to, and uh, hopefully, we actually get it on TV over here because. Uh, it's a pain in the arse having to use League Pass all the time. I know Matt was tweeting last night. He was like, I hate having to sit here and watch this screen that says game will begin and whatnot. <laughs> it takes like 10 minutes as well. It's like, can't they just give us TNT or something? <laughs> I'd, I'd happily pay an extra £50 a year for that. <laughs> yep, so moving on to another game from last night, the Rockets and the Thunder. Rockets again forced to counter a rally here by the Thunder. Harden, the three, and he hits it. Harden with his seventh three, and he is perfect. Seven for seven from three-point territory. A simmering comeback is happening here as well. The Rockets 107 to 100 over the Thunder. Um, Rock- Thunder still lead the series 3-2, but the Rockets with all the momentum at the moment. Yeah, the Thunder just don't look right. I don't know. Well, obviously, there's a big factor for that, and that is they are missing Russell Westbrook, a top five-point guard. And- Massively. Yeah, and... I know uh, I'm a big fan of Reggie Jackson. He's a good player, but he is not Russell Westbrook. And Kevin Durant, whilst he tries to get everyone involved, he dished out seven assists. He he needs to focus on his scoring, which he's doing, and there's just not enough options for anywhere else. I mean, Serge Ibaka's improved his offensive game a ton this season, but to run a lot of plays for him relied on Westbrook's creativity, and without him, they're really suffering. And the momentum is with Rockets and. Yeah, they're, and Omer is chic as well, going to the line. I mean, the Thunder employed the uh, hacker chic uh, tactic in the end of the game, and he just sunk free for after free for them. Yeah, especially coming off last year when uh, Omer is chic against the Sixers. I'm sure uh, Matt will remember this. Uh, in uh, game game six, he missed two missed two free throws, and which cost him the game in the end, and cost him the series. So. To come back one year later and win the game from the free throw line, it shows how much this man has improved. And he, his contract and his signing has been a brilliant one for Houston. He was 11 for yeah, 16 the, in the fourth quarter on, from the free throw line. Brilliant. That's insane. Yeah, he did. He did have a good game. Just going back quickly to Reggie Jackson. Did you see him have the? Did you see him try and um, steal the steal the ball off Patrick Beverly? Yeah, he tried to <laughs> Beverly Beverly. <laughs> they, they, they called they called the timeout, didn't they? And he he was he went in and snatched it. And Beverly actually retaliated by giving him a really quite a vicious yeah. shoulder shoulder charge. And uh, he actually got a technical foul for it. So they they zoomed up to Russell Westbrook at that point in the crowd, and Russell was like smiling and giggling to himself, <laughs> which was amusing. But um, just going back to Durant quickly, um, one for eight from three. That's terrible. That is really poor. Um, 11 from from 23 overall, which combined for 36 points, which is no mean feat, 36 points. But 
still a, a poor performance from Kevin Durant and a guy who kind of who I've praised recently needs to pick up the pick up the offensive rhythm and just in general the offensive performance from the Thunder was lackluster. Kevin uh, Kevin Martin wasn't great. Terrible. And he he's kind of really need to step up because he was a big part of the James Harden trade, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One for ten. One for ten. Is that right? Yep. One for ten. Yeah, with Durant, he's doing all he can, but who's he going to? Who can create shots now? Westbrook's down, really, for the Thunder. Yeah. Well, that's their problem. They're looking to for Reggie Jackson to do it, and got you know, good on him in Game Four. He really did look pretty impressive, and arguably should have been fouled when he was going to the you know in the last few seconds, but. I don't know. Kevin Durant needs to sort just sort of take over this team, or Serge Barker needs to come up big. Yeah. There's a reason they kept him, and he needs to sort of you know sh- show them why. But they they were twenty four twenty four point two percent from three last night as a team. That, that that's, that, that's that insanely again, bad. I don't think that, I don't think they could shoot it, that bad again. I don't think that's, that you know they can afford to be that bad again. Um, and the funny thing was, Derek Fisher and Tabo Cephalosha were were actually wide open for shots and instead they decide to drive inside to the paint and it's not the greatest not the greatest idea especially when D Fish is you know rocking it down under from Dinosaur Land <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's not the he's not, not the youngest and most youthful player in the, anymore but the Rockets looked pretty smooth um, James Harden scored 31 points 10 of 16 including 7 three-pointers and he basically di- dictated the game yeah he was on fire I mean I caught the, I caught the first half of this game live but they just they just came out with a purpose and they just looked like it's very cliche to say this but they just looked hungrier <laughs> they looked so much hungrier than the thunder they looked like they wanted it more the thunder looked like they were reeling off the back of Russell Westbrook's injury and i know it's not easy when you see one of your best players go down i mean you'd even say Russell Westbrook was more of a leader than Kevin Durant on this team so yeah it's just the thunder team they really aren't looking good and you just hope that they can squeeze through the series and then kind of muster something up but you think Kevin Durant has almost got to hit 40 points and get 10 assists for this Thunder team to win and that is not sustainable yeah. I said it on Tuesday he's got to average 40 points a game just to keep this Thunder team within within reach of these teams and with the way the Rockets are playing at the moment you know offensively they're on fire and their defence has, has just stepped up massively so much so that Scott Brooks the coach of the Thunder actually resorted to basically hacko chic <laughs> last night in the fourth quarter they sent him to the line, I think it was 18 times. I mean, it's the highest highest amount of times he's ever been to the line in his career, O'Sheik. So they, they were all over him. But um, one standout, standout moment for me was a, a beautiful play from James Harden oh, yeah. toward, towards the end of the third quarter. I don't know if you guys catched yeah, it. but Pardon? When he, let the, when he let the ball roll. Yeah, and he let the clock go all the way down. I think it took 2.37 seconds or something ridiculous for him to take the ball down the end of the court because he just rolled it. No one challenged him. He picked it up, drained the three, and he he got a fantastic two-for-one out of that. And it really was just smart basketball. And Reggie Jackson and and, and the guards for for the Thunder just let him do it for some strange reason. (laughs) A little bit of the blame for this loss for the Thunder there with Scott Brooks. I know um, know Sheik was... He's not. You know, you don't expect him to get to be that hot from the line, but they were down six at one point and they kept going to it. I don't. I don't know. There's, <laughs> there was a lot of time left. About four minutes left. Three minutes yeah. left. You don't want to keep doing it, giving them points. I know you're not going to expect him to score that many, but just rely on your defense a bit more instead of just yeah, straight f- for the hack. I think Oshik is a 56% three throw shoot as well, so he's not guaranteed to score. Whereas you know. 
it, it's an odd situation because in Lakerland, like everyone hacks Dwight Howard because they know he can't score a three throw to save his life. Whereas if you're sending someone to the line who is above fifty percent, then there's a good chance they are going to score. So <laughs> they kind of dug themselves into a hole there. Um, another game from last night: Hawks and Pacers. I mean, Frankie has said before, how delighted are you with this series, Frankie? Um, I'm just glad <laughs> that they blew them out because the Hawks are about as useful on the road as something that's not useful on the road and they yeah they were poor and the Pacers were good and the Pacers when the Pacers score 106 points they're going to win a basketball game their defense is that good and David West showing why he's one of their most important players and he's a he's a cornerstone of this Pacers team and with with him in the team I can see him getting to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals yeah, I think it's safe to say it was a rout in Indianapolis last night. <laughs> David West, like you mentioned, finally had a good game because he's not been great in the yeah. series. 24 points. Your your superstar man, Paul George, had a double-double and he was 7 for 8 from the field with 10 rebounds and 5 assists, which totaled 21 points altogether. And the pace is going to game 6 in a, in a really awkward situation because they've actually lost 13 straight games in Atlanta. So... You wouldn't say history is with them, but with the way they were playing last night, if they can just play like that again for one more game, then surely they're going to wrap this series up in six. Can't we just flip a coin? (laughs) (laughs) One, possibly two more of these games. Yeah, I just wanted this over as soon as possible. I wanted a four-zip sweep. (laughs) It was a nasty game, and a big stat was the Hawks only scored four times during the third quarter. The rest actually came from the three-throw line, so they only scored four buckets during that whole third quarter. So if they hadn't they been going to the foul line, that wouldn't have been a nice box score at the end of it. But um, they opened the second half with a 12-5 a run, I think it was, from the uh, Pacers, and then another 12-4 run in the fourth quarter just basically left Atlanta with a 21-point deficit, so they weren't ever coming back from that, were they? No, and I was really disappointed with Jeff T. I mean, I've big, I've bigged him up. I've sung his praises for ages. I thought, I actually think he's probably worth he's worth a better contract than maybe Brandon Jennings. But he, come, <laughs> he comes out and it's three for sixteen. I mean, come on, Jeff, that's just not good enough. Well, Alva Horford and um, Josh Smith both combined for fourteen points. So that's not a lot. And that was the that was the high for the team was fourteen points. No, it's not good. And um. It's just that Indiana defense is so good. Sometimes they're like the uh, Memphis of the of the East, and Roy Hibbert anchors it perfectly. And he he should have been a lot higher in the Defensive Player of the Year voting for me because he he anchors the best defense in the league and gets a lot mm. of block shots. And yeah, this 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 Pacers team, you they always say defense wins championships, and they've they've got the best they've got one of the best defenses in the league. So you've always got to give them a chance. All this without Granger as well. Mm. Ah, oh, Danny Granger. Stop bringing him up. It's such a sore point. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. Anyway, uh, moving on to uh, the games from the night before. The Grizzlies and the Clippers. Um, Grizzlies won on the road. They won in a packed-out Staples Center. They won 103-93 to in what was a pretty state- statement game for them. Um, monster fourth quarter from Zach Randolph. Ten of his 25 points in the fourth quarter. Mike Conley had had 20 Chris Paul actually tied his playoff career high with 35 for the Clippers. But in the end, it, it was all to no avail. No, and this is, this is a poor loss for the Clippers. I mean, it's huge. It's it really massive. is. I mean, there's <laughs> Blake Griffin again. He's gone down injured and he's, he's probably he's day-to-day, but that is a big loss. And DeAndre Jordan's just not good enough. And like Mark Gasol, I mean, he didn't have the greatest stats in the end. He went 6-14, for 14, but... 
I think there's a spell in the third quarter where he just hit a couple of lovely turnaround jumpers, lovely couple of moves to the basket. And they've got the best front court. We've said it all the time. I mean, you brought up last show. Best 4-5 partnership in the league. And when you combine that with a rising star in Mike Connolly and the gritty defence of Tony Allen, you've got a great team. And and Tayshawn Prince stepping up, stepping up big again. Yeah, I mean, I'll let you talk about him, but... Yeah, <laughs> this Clippers team have got real problems. I mean, Chris Paul had a good game, and no one else did. No, and I think Chris Paul is probably getting a little bit frustrated with the franchise at the moment because it just seems to be he has to carry the team on his shoulders. But um, there were three turnovers from the Grizzlies in the first three quarters, and none of them were capitalised, so the Clippers didn't take advantage of any of those turnovers, which is which is poor. And... Um, Chauncey, he only hit one one shot throughout the whole game, and it was a free. But for a guy who's ranked fourth in the postseason for the most frees behind Ray Allen, Rich. Miller, and Kobe Bryant, that, that's that's a poor start. No, I just love it. I love this Grizzlies team. I love them. I love. Yeah, you love them. I, I just love that. <laughs> yeah, not for Northern. I just I just love the strength inside, and they're just they're just dogging Blake Griffin. I know he was injured, but he just it looks like Blake Griffin just can't handle battling with the big boys. No, uh, they tried to front in the post sometimes, and it just didn't work. Yeah. And this Grizzlies team, when they play defense, they play it like like so perfectly. Like there's some possessions you'll see them, and like Gasol, he, he knows how to challenge that ball, and he organizes everything. And he, it starts from the guard play. I mean, you've got Tony Allen and Mike Conley, two brilliant perimeter defenders. Tayshawn Prince is long, gets in passing lanes, and then inside you've got Zach Randolph and Mark Gasol. What more can you say? What a defence. They've got an unbelievable pace about them as well. For a team that's got two big men, they are quick. I mean, did you see the plays at the end of the third quarter? And uh, I think the second quarter as well, where they laid it in at the buzzer. I mean, Jared Bayless was off down that court quicker than anything mm. I've ever seen. It was unbelievable. That was poor he, he rounded a, as well. I think he rounded four players at the same time. And that's it. Transition defence for the Clippers absolutely killed them. And this team is not a quick team. No. no. They've got depth as well, the Grizzlies. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were surprising. Just give them, just give them energy, and which mm. which we felt, thought the Clippers would be would be given, which they have done in the series, but not to the degree that we thought they would be as, after seeing them in the regular season. A tribe. Oh bench. yeah, the, the bench in the regular season was stunning. I mean, I don't think we could praise them enough. They <laughs> the produ- production from everyone, but I mean, obviously with uh, Game Six, do, do you reckon Chris Paul's future is is possibly in doubt with this team if if they go and lose that because. The Grizzlies are a different animal at home. They really are a, a stunning basketball team, despite the fact they slow the ball right down and don't really play a very entertaining style of basketball. Um, well, I think the uh, the uh, Clippers show will have to draw on their experience from last year, where they they went into uh, the Grizzlies. It's not quite Game Seven, but they are facing elimination. So last year they went into the uh, FedEx Forum in a Game Seven and stole it on the road, and they need to bring on that experience and do it again, but. As you said with Chris Paul, I don't know. I think he looks frustrated with this franchise and with Vinny Delrenegro especially. I mean, I, even if it, I, I even had him, if they didn't make it to the conference finals, he'd be gone. So if they lose this series, Vinny's out the door, and that, that yeah. yeah, he's out the door. The only way they're going to keep That's... Chris Paul is just how much stones, how much money is going to come out of his pockets for a change, if he's going to be cheap or not. If they offer him a big contract, then they're going to have to put pieces behind pieces with him. That will yeah. spending more money. Mm, that's the thing with the Clippers, though they're they're notoriously cheap. Yeah, Sterling's not going. Sterling's not going to hand out the dollars. 
Yeah. Pro- problem is they're in Los Angeles, so there's two teams in Los Angeles and mm-hmm. <laughs> players. Who do you play for? You want to play for the Lakers or the Clippers? Because the Clippers were, uh, you know, they're a laughing stock in the league for for going on two decades. So. Do you not think the uh, Lakers could clear enough enough cap room to sign him, or is that? I still think Chris Paul's probably a little bit peed off that he's not a Laker because everything went through. The uh, trade was all no, correct. Basketball reasons, mate. <laughs> yeah, but basket, basketball reasons, my ass. This is the Laker fan coming at me now. But that that Hornets team got some good pieces back and the Rockets got better as well. So everyone, I think they, everyone I think benefited the, uh, from that trade. The Pelicans are glad they didn't do it now, though, because they, they now have Davis and some other nice pieces, Gordon. I don't. I don't think the uh, Pelicans will be too disappointed that that, that trade didn't go through. Yeah, they got Vasquez <laughs> as well. Mm. Oh yes, Grievous Vasquez. <laughs> he's, he's been very good this year, to be fair. Where did he end up in the most improved? He. I think he must have been top five. Yeah, he should have been. Moving on to the Warriors and the and the Denver Nuggets, the series to watch. I, I I say this every single episode. It's probably getting boring by now, like a like a broken record. But um, Denver, a team I completely wrote off. I said they had no chance of beating the Warriors. Um, yeah, they did. They won 107 to 100. Um, Denver had a 22 point lead at one point, but a huge second half rally from from the Warriors led to them getting right back in the game and it was actually they outscored them 54-41 in the uh, third and fourth to get back into contention but Denver held them off in front of what was a pretty raucous crowd at the, the Pepsi Centre I've never seen the crowd quite like that there and um, yeah big big game five win Andre Iguodala 20 just going through players look at the points for this game Andre Iguodala 25 points 12 rebounds Wilson Chandler, 19 points. Ty Lawson, 19 points, 10 assists. Kenneth Fareed, 13 points, 10 rebounds. And on the Warriors' side of the ball, you've got Harrison Barnes, 23 points, 9 rebounds. Stephen Curry just disappeared this game. For someone who Frank and me and Andy praised on on Tuesday, Just he, he went completely cold. He missed his first five threes. He did eventually hit one, but they were all over him all night. This was a physical game. And... Uh, Curry and Clay Thompson in the end actually missed back-to-back threes with about two minutes to go, which would have cut the lead to, I think it was two points. And uh, Andrew Bogut wasn't great either. <laughs> he uh, he shoved Kenny Fareed in the back of the neck and got a technical foul for it. And then um, Fareed put a really quite vicious screen on Steph Curry. And <laughs> Curry went bang to the floor. But Bogut finished the game with two points and five rebounds. And he played 18 minutes of basketball. He's in, he's in there for his defensive reasons, but yeah, he still has to contribute. Still has and to he contribute. has been. He'd been pretty standout for the last few games, but, but he's just yeah. disappeared in the biggest game of the season. And I, I, I did allude to this on the uh, podcast, so um don't want to take too much credit, but no, I thought the uh, Warriors... <laughs> it's, all, it's all down to you, Frank. Uh, the uh, Warriors, <laughs> I thought, in the first half, they kind of they looked like, oh, we've got this. We'll go back to the Oracle and deal with them there, and it was only kind of like a late push that they saw they could maybe win. So 
no, I wasn't too impressed with Golden State for once. But yeah, Denver, big win for Denver. I mean, Andre Iguodala, I've, I've, I have wrote him off a few times, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> he did record a near triple double, which is very good. And yeah, if he can keep that up, then you never know. You never know. I mean, if they can steal one, which I don't think they will, but they could. And this, it's almost shifted, hasn't it? I mean, this was um, this was the three six matchup, wasn't it? And we had the Denver as the favourites and the Warriors as six, and they've kind of switched. Like you'd think the Warriors are the three and the Denver are the six. The way the series has played out, I think Magic Johnson put on Twitter tonight, though, just like literally about half an hour ago. You know, don't write any one of the teams off in this series because mm. there's no way of knowing who's going to play each night. And the game was was incredibly physical. Like I said, a lot of fouls, technical fouls as well. And uh, Mark Jackson came out in the press afterwards and actually said that he believes the Nuggets targeted their star, star guard, obviously Stephen Curry, who has been having an absolute breakout playoffs. And we've, we've Matt actually did a fantastic article about it on the blog, so we'll, that. We'll, recommend that, we'll recommend that to you in a bit. But um, they, they, they went for his ankle at one point, I think it was. They, he, you know, Mark Jackson said that they, they deliberately went for his ankle and he said it can't even be debated. It was all... It was, <laughs> It was it was full on dirty play and um Stephen Curry's already been banged up this series. He had a sprained ankle and a swollen eye, courtesy of an accidental poke for, I think it was game three. <laughs> He's always got bad ankles though, hasn't he? He's got like paper ankles. <laughs> but do you think the series has got to the point now where Denver will, will, will realise they're in a in a bit of a hole so they maybe did come out and play dirty or is that completely opposite of what George Carl is and is Mark Jackson just just defending his players there? Because Kenneth Farid also came yeah. out in the press afterwards and said Look, they were as dirty as we were, so it's it's a no go, really. He's lobbying it, for calls. He's lobbying for calls. He's going to get yeah. calls that he wants this tonight. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, you say he's that, doing the odd Fergie yeah, trick. Yeah, the, the Fergie, and um, yeah, that, that's exactly what I was about to say. So I'm actually lost the words. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was completely brutal, though. I've not really quite seen a basketball game like it. And there was a Warriors fan on my Twitter feed put up a, a post of the Pepsi Center about ten minutes before tip off, and the place was hot. Place was pretty much empty, which oh, was a bit yeah, odd I for a play, when it's the playoff. Game, game. Even when the game started, there was loads of because they had the uh, rally towels, didn't they? And there was loads of uh, yeah, loads of them just on the seats. I was really disappointed but, at the start. Place place was empty, and the, the the guy was like, "This wouldn't happen if this was in you know in the Oracle because the place is packed to the rafters thirty minutes before games." But I think the problem is, I think someone said on the Basketball Jones the other day that the traffic around the Pepsi Center is just ridiculous because the Pepsi Center is like in the middle of four roads, isn't it? So if all those roads are busy, you can't you can't really get to the basketball stadium, which is a bit of a bit of an inconvenience to say the least. But um, that was a pretty ferocious game, obviously. The fans got into it a bit at the end, though, when Stephen Curry was leaving. Oh, yeah, I remember. That. Yeah, he was walking off, weren't mm, he? And I was mouthing at him. Does, does anyone know what was said? Or <laughs> I haven't seen it, no. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to guess, because I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't nice. I'm sure it's not PG. No. <laughs> he, de- he definitely snapped and went back and spoke about it, didn't it? But there's, there's a nice little... Viol- a bit of violence going on between these two <laughs> times. Yeah. People are being are being hit and hard screens and it's just it's just pretty brutal and it, it's what we want to see from a first round playoff match. Definitely. I mean, I've been a big advocate of violence. <laughs> no, I say that every week. I, I think this is what happens when you get like into game sixes. I mean, these teams have played each other five times in a row, and if I play someone five times in a row or something, I really do get annoyed with them and want to beat them, and they're just getting annoyed. And it, it happened. It's happened in the uh, Boston game. You saw. At the end of the uh, game, you got Jordan Crawford kicking off with Carmelo, and yeah, it just happens. Well, I think Ken- Ken- Kenneth Farid put his size 16 shoe through the wall, you know, in the locker room. <laughs> and 
did, did you see on NBA on TNT yeah. they framed they framed it and put <laughs> Kenneth Reed put a hole here so on so on so then above there's a, there's another hole from uh, Dirk Nowitzki yeah. from 2007 <laughs> and he's like Dirk was locked out of the playoffs here nice <laughs> <laughs> little thing they've got going on there but no that was that was a, it's an interesting couple of games we've we've had over the past few nights obviously tonight's games uh, the Warriors and the Nuggets are at it again at half three in the morning UK time. Don't think I'm going to be staying up watching this if I'm, I'm being honest. But who do, who do you guys see taking it at the, at the Oracle Arena? I, I can see the Warriors yeah. taking it, but I don't think it'll be a blowout by any means. No, Warriors, I think will take it. I hope they take it, but yeah, I think they will. It's yeah. if, if it's if they can stop if they can stop the Denver break, I guess, which they got, which Denver got into in the last game. If they can stop that yeah. and just if Steph Curry just lights up as he's prone to do sometimes. I think he feeds off that energy in that crowd because he tends to like running into the crowd and celebrating like a football player, doesn't he? So it's nice to see from basketball players. You, uh, you can't get out on the fast break if you make your shots. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I'll take the Warriors. Yeah, definitely. I would like to see a game seven there. Game seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just can't they play fourteen or fifteen? Just or just take Atlanta and Indiana's games and just play them instead. <laughs> yeah, I, you can you could take Indiana and and they can do whatever you want with them games. I'm not watching them. <laughs> um, we got another one tonight as well at one o'clock UK time. Nets and Bulls. This is a big one at the United Center. Obviously, the Bulls have a three-two series lead, um, and they, these two teams have played out the best game of the season so far. So, God knows what could happen tonight, but it will certainly be an interesting one and. I'd like to see, you know, Brooklyn do something with this game, possibly take it to Game 7. I think that'd be really, really interesting. But this has been the, the surprise series of all of them, I think. Yeah, I mean, um, Kirk Heinrich's injured, I think, tonight. So that's a big, big loss. And yeah, they definitely lacked him in uh, Game 5. They haven't really got anyone to stop Duran. And Nate Robinson is good on the offensive end, but he can't really stay in front of anyone. And that's going to be a big problem, especially down the stretch and... I just fear he's like a hyperactive child. Yeah, I I, I do fear for this uh, Chicago team. They're just spent and beat up, and yeah, they they need a savior, and they've got this uh, <laughs> they've got this point guard that doesn't seem to play many games at the moment. <laughs> he's biding his time. He's been cleared for two months. It's time to play, Derek. Yeah, uh, you call it, you call I don't think it'll be exciting as the last game in Chicago. No, at all. But I, yeah, I just. If Boozy can get off his shots and not play as horrendous as he does on defense normally, <laughs> then I can I can see I, I think the Bulls can will take it to be honest. I don't think the the Bulls will blow him out. I don't yeah. think the Bulls yeah. are capable of blowing him out. I think if anyone does get blown out, it'll be the Bulls who do get who get blown out themselves. So it's it's an interesting one. They're both very very different teams, and the Nets you never know what you're going to get. Some nights they've been absolutely stunning this year, and other nights they've just crumpled underneath underneath the pressure so it, it will be interesting to see and uh, just quickly before we go just check in the twitter feed because we've had some tweets throughout the get throughout the uh, the podcast going back to the first thing we talked about which was the knicks and the bull and the celtics yeah we had uh, james lee he's tweeted in saying the knicks are going to close it out so pretty pretty substantial there <laughs> Andy, who's not here tonight, he's, I think he's recording Game Burst. Um, he's going to make a bold statement. All around one series will be decided tonight. I don't know how that's physically possible. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Knicks Celtics? 
only two games are, are, are done tonight. But he he then he then corrects his error. I think he he does, and he put Bulls and Warriors win tonight's games, and then Knicks and Pacers the following night. Um, an amusing tweet from Zantiriad. He put, "How are the Blazers doing?" <laughs> Uh, they're, they're not in the playoffs, Zan. I, I don't know if that's news to you or not. But <laughs> if we're making you cry, as amazing as they are, Damian Lillard, Rookie of the Year, guys. What do you reckon? Oh, it was unanimous, wasn't it? it was, yeah, it actually was a unanimous vote. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a good it's a good achievement for the for the kid, and he follows us on Twitter, so I'm a big fan of him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, Anthony, Anthony Davis is probably going to be a better NBA player in, throughout his career, but. Damian Lillard's come out of college as a, a polished polished player who can run an offense, and he's fitted in well to the league. And I, I don't see his ceiling being dramatically higher than this, but he certainly mm. transitioned well from the college game to the NBA game, and it, it does prove that you can stay in college for however long. I think he stayed in for three or four years, and it proves that you can make that transition even if you have stayed in past your freshman year. I think it's pretty safe to say the future's bright up in Oregon because they've got a nice nice unit there. Yeah. And like I think Frankie said before, if they can build a bench, then yeah, definitely they could, they, they could be a contender in the uh, in the Western Conference at least. Um, Samuel Johnson on Twitter, he said the Knicks got too cocky. Playoff minded Celtics are always a dominant team. They, they weren't in the first three games, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he says they provoked us and they got what they deserved. So obviously, what? obviously. A new, nice neutral opinion there from a Boston Celtics fan. Yeah, they got what they deserved, but I guess some would call me a bit of a Knicks hater. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mello's wife, Mello's wife tweeted uh, <laughs> about uh, about the exchange he had with Crawford, saying, "You're on the bench for a reason." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the, the thing. I mean, Jordan Crawford's a bench. He didn't even play a minute, so I, I think you should just keep your mouth shut. Really, uh, it's always amusing. Um, so yeah, that's been our that's been our quick roundup show of the past few games. We'll probably be back at the weekend. I'm back at work next week, so you might get a uh, show without me for once, which would be odd. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be having Frankie as your host, so so get used to his uh, dulcet tones. Oh, my lovely accent. Your lovely accent, yeah. So check out the blog, guys. Uh, the Double Clutch Podcast Matt's obviously written his uh, the evolution of Stephen Curry, uh, an, an article today. And we've still got other things and bits and bobs up there, such as the why the Lakers must hold on to Dwight Howard and a possible NBA expansion, the Sonics return, which was actually written by Frankie. Oh. <laughs> and I believe you've got a couple of comments on that saying you've got some facts wrong, so you have to go out and correct them. Mm, yeah, I mean, I'd like to know what these facts are, please. <laughs> if you're listening to the show. <laughs> if you're listening to the show. Yeah, so go out and uh, check out the last podcast. Obviously, the state of the franchise was... Was fantastic fun to record and good fun. Listen, it's, it's, got, it's got the guys from that basketball show and believe the hype on there. So so definitely go and check that out. Follow us on Twitter at Double Clutch Free. You can follow me over at Matt Smash. You can find Matt at Bates ninety one. Bates ninety ninety one, and you can find Frankie over at Guna Frank. Guna Frank. Anything else you want to say, guys, before we leave it? Um. Well, we're probably oh the Facebook page. Check out the Facebook yeah, page. Can't forget uh, the we Facebook like page. Nothing. We like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Double Clutch Podcast. And um, I was going to say, we stated the franchise went down pretty well, I think, for the Lakers. And obviously, uh, we used uh, one half of the uh, Believe the Hype duo. It is the Lakers, mate. It is yeah. the Lakers. And um, we, we're, we're looking to do another one with the uh, the esteemed franchise from the uh, city of Philadelphia. And so if you've got any questions, we'll probably put another. We'll, that- we'll probably put a post up about it but yeah if you've got any questions or anything you want to send in about the Sixers and their is that the Eagles oh sorry the Sixers <laughs> oh. 
So <laughs> if we can get any questions or anything you want to talk about the Sixers, get that into us via the Twitter or the Facebook or the comments. And uh, yeah, we could. We I think Bates will be joining us, and Ben hopefully Benjamin could aim from the Believe the Hype. Have a nice hour yeah, of moaning. <laughs> a, whole, a whole hour of moaning which no doubt I will have to edit so I'll edit in some nice little moaning um, just another quick thing before we go just check out the About Us section on the uh, blog guys a couple of new writers signed up recently so uh, just a shout out to Luke Tom who actually lives in Norwich and obviously Matt you're, you're here tonight so there's not really much need to shout you out but th- thanks for getting involved guys and it, we are getting somewhere and please 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 review us on iTunes because that gets us up the charts and gets us a little bit noticed but you can get involved with the con- conversation on Sunday night if you're watching the NBA on Sky using hashtag NBA in the UK but for anything else just just tweet us or you know our, the individual accounts and get involved because we've we've loved doing these shows for the past few weeks I think it's safe to say these playoff shows have really kicked off the Double Clutch podcast haven't they Frank? Yeah it's been good it's been good having thank you for having me <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been interesting as well because obviously Andy's been away and he's come back and it's like oh my god readership's gone up and viewers have gone up and downloads have gone up so we're doing something right um, and obviously we should get a show out hopefully this weekend for you with Andy back on mm. with any luck because he can only do Sundays I think <laughs> anyway peace out guys remember the hashtag NBA in the UK bye 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 I can live with physical basketball taking a, a stab at Steph Curry's ankles is not physical basketball. So um, you can hit him. I was even caught on tape, asked what would happen if I played against him and he heated up. I'd be physical with him. So that's understandable. It's not hypocritical. There's no part of me that said I'd be dirty with him. But if you just one other, just one other thing. Well, if you take a, a, a attempt to kick him with your foot, on his foot, That's not a basketball play. That's a cheap shot. You agree? Cheap shot? I don't. I think they're trying to rub him up a little bit. That's a trip. That's a trip, man. You know, it's so funny how, you know, when we say stuff, it always comes back to bite you. And I, there was two instances that would mark, he said on tape that he would be rough and pound on Steph a little bit. Then also, if you go back to the regular season, they played against the Rockets with the Rockets trying to set that record for three-pointers. Mark said, hey, they're not going to score to hit these threes on me. Hey, listen, the playoffs should be physical. I have no problem with it being physical. After you play it against a team three or four times, it should get chippy. But I think, I mean, the point he's trying to make, too, is, look, yeah, hey, you can be physical, just don't be dirty. That's not physical. I, I didn't that's see any dirty, dirty plays, Ernie. That's no, but, that, but that's what he's saying. I, I, I felt... And, and, and Mark and I, you know how we've grown up forever together. I didn't feel it was a dirty play. Only I just felt because it was Stephen Curry and the ankle, because of the sensitivity about his ankle, I thought, I don't think that Kenneth Reed thought about kicking his ankle. I really don't. I think he said, I'm going to knock this guy when he comes through here, let him know I'm here. And he just didn't do it the right way uh, because he was, they were trying to let him know that you're not going to be in this zone. So, yes. Because it's Steph Curry, I see the sensitivity behind Mark hitting his ankle. But no, I don't think it was a dirty fade. I don't think it was intentional. I do think it was, like say, let's wake him up. Ernie, first of all, man up. On a scale of 1 to 10, that being physical, that's a 2. You know it, you know it, and you know it. Did he stick his leg out and try to trip him? Yeah. What his guy did was more physical and more dirty when when he put two hands in that man's face and mushed him in his neck. Man up, man. You know, and Ernie, what's interesting, you know what Kitty said earlier, 
like this Rocket team, they they think they had a shoot around. You know, they think they had a shoot around. Oklahoma City got to put some wood on them. You know, they got to put some wood on them because they actually walking into threes, walking into threes. Like I said, at some point you just like, hey man, these guys are too comfortable, especially. In our in our building, yeah, they had to they have to do that for the rest of the series. It'll, sure. it'll be uh, interesting to watch Game Six, obviously with Denver and Golden State. Uh, what do you think? That was cheap. Was it physical though? You know. No, please do it physical. Show him a dirty play too. Not Ernie. Can't no, take your glasses off. Yeah, show, take your glasses off because it's impolite. Yo, why don't you tackle Ernie? I touch you up. Why don't you I'm just tackle Ernie? It's impolite to hit a guy with. Let me touch you up. Hey, let me tell you something. It's impolite to hit a guy with glasses. Take your glasses off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to hit Ernie. Ernie's my guy. But if you start, well, why, why do you tackle you? us in the back? Why don't you? Tackle I have no idea what you're talking about. This dude runs around. Stop! Don't don't listen to him, America. Snitches get stitches. He's just walking around the green room. You might get tackled by a seven footer. That's all. Hey, how'd you like Kenneth Fareed's uh, outfit there for the interview with Marty Snyder? I didn't understand the logo. Have you seen that before? It might be a new line. Obviously, it's a new line. It looks of like a. It looks like like a, a guy chilling walking on the. No, it looks like an old lady. No, that it looks like a. It looks like a like a kid, kid. like yeah. a kid leaning back. Walking. Maybe maybe Riley maybe Riley got a sports line out. Don't be no, don't be hating on Riley because he's stacking paper to the ceiling <laughs> and riding on twenty seven inch pro. Go look it up on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'm look it up on I you. I love Riley, man. Uh, look it up on you. He's stacking docks. paper to the ceiling. Ernie in oh. the Boondocks. Oh. Ernie, that's all you have to do. Say no more. Take me now. All right, man. Back with more on inside in just a minute. 